Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of MD Wannabes, a podcast created by seven med students to discuss the important and lesser known things about the medical school experience. My name is Needy and I am joined by four other med students. Why don't we go around and introduce ourselves? Hey, I'm Bruce. Hi, I'm Keisha. Hi, I'm Rom. And I'm Ken. The topic this week is about figuring out the future. Students come into medical school with varying mindsets. Some are dead set on what they want to do and end up matching into it, and some will completely change their minds, and some are completely clueless on their future. Today, each of us will discuss our decisions on choosing our future path. To start off, why don't we talk about our own journeys to finding our path in medicine? I'm going to expose myself. So I came in and thought I was going to be an ortho bro. Uh, (laughs) a A lot because that's like mostly what I shadowed. And I had no idea like the day to day and like the requirements for it and like the lifestyle and all of that. I literally just saw 40 hours in the OR and I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so I had, it was a, it, it would never fit with me and who I am and what I want out of my life now that I like know the ins and outs of it. But coming in, that was definitely like what I thought. Yeah. And for me, I had mainly shadowed pediatrics only and just like a little bit of family met before I came so I thought I was gonna do peds um and then I realized kind of similar to like what we had been talking about needy like it's hard to deal with parents and I'd rather just have one patient and not like the patient and their parents so once I realized that I changed my mind I thought I was gonna do neurology um because my experience for med school, I worked at a neuro- well, two different neurology clinics because my dad had MS. I ended up working for his doctor, and I really liked working with the MS patients. Um, I don't know, but so I just it seemed like a natural choice, I guess, and it was what my main exposure was to. Um, but I don't think I want to do that anymore. I don't have neurology is my last rotation, so I guess mm-hmm. it could be like a crazy plot twist. But <laughs> I would be shocked if that's what I picked now. For uh, for me, I think, like, coming in, I did not – there was things I definitely did not want to do. One of them was actually peds. Then I, like, did a week of shadowing in peds, and I was like, maybe I do want to do peds. And now at the end of our peds rotation, I'm like, no, this is not – this is not going to work out for me. So I I don't think it was, like, my first choice to even do peds in the beginning. And then I, like – it's kind of a roller coaster, like – Thought yeah. I was one, didn't want to do it, thought I wanted to do it, and now I'm like, absolutely not. So maybe my first instinct was right. Yeah. <laughs> so how has, like, the first and second year changed your mind about what you wanted to do in the future? Like, during our preclinical years? I realized I didn't want to work all day. Like, that was, like, <laughs> my first thought was, okay, this is a lot. And especially because we study so much, it's really expected, like, I mean, we're working like eight, 10 hour days. I mean, just in our preclinical years to get things done. Or I feel like if you wanted to do well. But yeah, I think I, it made me realize like, okay, after this, I don't want to do this anymore. I do not want to be working all day, every day in a book. Like I want to have like a good home life. Yeah, I think for me, the first two years, like it's all focused on learning this stuff and you don't see the day to day how the day flows for that particular specialty. So you might know like, oh, I'm really interested in this. This is what I like learning about, but that may not necessarily like, I don't know, 
be in practice like something you would enjoy doing because I thought for the first two years I want to do peds um because of my like sir week experience first year but that was based off of like a four days and then now after doing the peds rotation and seeing how hospital medicine is really just like rounding and then writing notes and you don't actually get to like hold babies all day like I thought. (laughs) So I don't know. I feel like the first two years, it's hard to really have any idea what it's like at all. How has that kind of shaped where you want to go? Uh, well now, (laughs) so now, now as a third, I feel like third year is really what shaped it. Like, cause Mm -hmm. first two, I realized that my opinion of things was kind of wrong. Now, to be honest, I'm just kind of looking for the path of least resistance. (laughs) (laughs) Least pain. Like, (laughs) what can I do to, like, suffer the least? Yeah. That's, I don't know what that means for my future. But I'm just, (laughs) like, I've realized no matter how passionate you are about, like, a subject or especially, you can burn out on it. And so I think for me, my priority is work-life balance over all else, and I'll figure out the rest later. So get in, pay off the loans. That's the plan. <laughs> what about you, Brooks? I, I would agree with Kim. It's it's very difficult to um, it's very difficult to figure out what you want to do, especially when you're not in the clinics uh, and like we haven't been with COVID and like most people aren't the first couple of years of med school. Um, I think what I'm learning now is there's things that you can pick up on that will point you maybe in a direction of one field or another. Um, like I'm realizing just after a couple of months in third year in the clinics that like being knowing my schedule and also having some flexibility and control over my schedule is very important to me. Um, and so like when I have no idea when my days are going to start or stop um, and like being on call, like a lot of the time, like that's very difficult for me compared to like the first two years when someone's basically just like, hey, here's eight hours of work, do it, you know kind of how you want to do it and when you want to do it. There's no field that's going to be that flexible, like save, uh, I don't know, like remote radiology. (laughs) Um, But uh, there's nothing that's going to be that flexible, but there's certainly fields that are more or less flexible. Um, And so I I think like just figuring out what's important to you, and that's one big thing that's important to me, can kind of help direct you, even if you don't know what the field is or not yet. You guys ever use that tool? Um, what is it called? Like careers in medicine. medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, careers in medicine. It's made by the AAMC, and it's kind of like a quiz. Um, and it'll ask you things like, "Do you like working with your hands?" And you rate on a scale of like zero to five. <laughs> I feel like as my interests change, my results on that quiz would change also because I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, I love this system now." I'm then like almost by subconscious like I would just click different buttons to fit what I liked at the time so my thing would change so when I first came into med school I had internal med as number one and then it went to a few like different surgical subspecialties and at one point OB-GYN was like number one which (laughs) 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 so I feel like your first two years it's so hard to even get a real concept of what you want to do yeah I feel like after we would go through each module like I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Like, we would go through cardiopulmon. I'm like, I can't ever be a pulmonologist or a cardiologist. And then we'd get to GI. I'd be like, I don't want to do this. And ultimately, you end up at the end of your second year not wanting to do anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what third year's for. So on that note, how have rotations um, affected your decision um, in terms of what you want to do in the future? 
I think something that was funny for me, I know I just mentioned that um, I got OB-GYN as my number one. And before I came into med school, um, I, I was like, I would never do that. Why would any guy want to do something that like they have no connection to or they don't really understand as well as like the actual gender that, that experiences like a lot of the problems that come with into the clinic with. And then when I did it, you realize like the range of things you get to do. Like some days you're doing like IVF and then the others you're doing surgery and then you're delivering a baby and or you're in the clinic one day. And I think like that range is something I never realized in my first two years of med school. And now if someone, even like a guy, like was like, I want to be an OB guy and I'd be like, that's awesome. And I totally understand why you would want to do it. Like it's such a cool field. And I think like ever like you feel so naive when you come into med school and then you learn all these cool things on your rotations. I think for me it's been more about learning what residency is like because that's yeah. who you spend most of your time with at least and so far for me that's been who I've spent most of my time with and uh, it's <laughs> it scared me of like every specialty because even like the family medicine who I guess a lot of people think like oh like that's like the backup relaxed specialty or whatever I don't know but they're they do nights and residency they pull OB shifts like there's really no residency where you aren't gonna do like routinely 11 12 hour days six days a week for like at least three straight years yeah dermatology it, says hello well, <laughs> besides derm but my step score says no so um yeah i don't know so it's i know like residency is something that will end but at the end of the day three years like I'm, i don't want to live three years just waiting for those years to be over mm-hmm. and also those are very important years of your life um so it's just, I don't know. That's why I said I'm trying to find, like, the path of least resistance. Because, <laughs> like I said, I don't know. For me, like, I was on nights for OB. Like, I was just chronically unhappy the whole time because I was just so tired. And you feel like you don't see the sun. So I know I couldn't do that for long. It's yeah. just weird because it's like you're about to take the next to last step or like uh the second to last step i guess because it's like in your life um like in the life events like you'll do residency and then like theoretically like you'll go work as a doctor and so i feel like all the other points in my life at least you could always just rest on like okay i'm gonna do this for like a couple of years and it'll suck and then like on the other side of it things will be better and I know that's, like, a flawed, like, way to think about things that people are pretty cognizant of. Like, oh, you shouldn't think about things that way. But, like, what you're saying, Kim, like, you have to, like, yeah, residency is going to suck for a couple of years. But now you have to balance, like, do I want this to suck for three years or six years? Am I okay with it sucking for six years? And then, you know, what is the actual, like, 30 years or 40 years on the other side of that look like? Like, that's, ne- that's never something that I've had to consider before is, like, 30 years as the next step. And really the next step being residency because what you're going to do is determined by that residency. So it's like, you know, you have to balance, like, how hard the residency is going to be with what the actual work is going to be like. And then, I don't know, it's just like a, it's a hard game to try and factor everything in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one thing I didn't realize was just, legitimately the lack of patient interaction at least in the hospital and clinic you're talking to them but um i mean truly you, you round and you like write your notes and you just like answer pages 
as they come up and i don't know i found myself like jealous of the nurses who are actually like in the room with the patient mm -hmm. so yeah just like the reality of what medicine actually is and just trying to find something that works i guess i think there i think one of the like, i got way off topic i did um but like one of the things that i've actually used from being in clinic to like help me or what's what i've noticed in clinic is that there's very different types of patient interaction. I feel like in the first couple of years, I was like, do I want more or less patient interaction? But now I'm realizing like if you go to a fertility clinic and you're like doing work there, like that type of interacting with patients is very, very different than like doing the surgical ICU or something mm -hmm. like that. Like your day to day with the patients and how you talk with them, not just like what you're managing on their side, but like I mean, their attitudes towards you and like how serious your day to day is going to be and stuff like that versus kind of lighthearted and more joking or if something is life threatening versus not just very different like ways of communicating with patients or like how you're going to have to communicate with patients, not necessarily just more or less patient interaction. Um, one thing I kind of get annoyed by on rotations is that every attending that I work with will ask me, one, what do I want to do? And then when I say, oh, I don't know, then the second question they ask me is like, oh, well, first question that you have to answer is surgery or medicine. And I'm like, neither. Like, I don't know which one I want to do. It's probably not surgery, but I don't know if like internal medicine is my route either. And like, I don't know, it kind of comes off as very like black or white. But one question that I did appreciate from my attending was like, who are your people? Like, are you someone that likes to be around like the type A competitive, like work gunner um, sort of personalities? Or are you more chill, relaxed, like sunshine and rainbows kind of personality and like different specialties have different vibes to them. So figuring out what your vibe is and what vibe you want to be around is, I think, a really good way to approach it. Now, how those vibes are from hospital to hospital can be pretty different, mm -hmm. even from doctor to doctor, as I've learned in pediatrics. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. If you guys didn't do medicine, what would you be doing? Stay at home, dad. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have kids, though. No you kids. have a dog. Not a dog yeah. Dad. yeah, I have my parents' dog. <laughs> Steal my parents' dog. Stay at home, dog, <laughs> brother. Um, I feel like I would do something uh, in tech. I, I, I like, I kind of like the intersection of tech and medicine, but I just like tech in general a lot. So I don't really know what I would do. I say tech, that's incredibly broad and that's not a real job. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would probably try and do something with um, computer science or artificial intelligence. Um, mm -hmm. Those are both things that really interest me and something that if I do, I'm, one of the things that I'm interested in potentially doing is radiology. And if I do that, um, I think I want to do the intersection of like artificial intelligence and radiology, or at least, um, you know, like consider doing that as a career path. And so I think just doing the tech side of that would also be cool. Yeah. And I'm sure in the coming years, it's just that field is just going to keep growing and growing in terms of like, you know, there's the conversations of AI being involved in medicine. And I mean, today we spent a whole hour talking about EMR and, 
all the things that go with that. So hopefully you'll be able to like make our EMR better. I think that's what you should do. So. Yeah, make the, make the <laughs> that's EMR makes better. The EMR better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, my passion is EMR. EMR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with it. And I just like the idea of, like, I feel like so many, there, obviously there's so many bar- barriers to healthcare. And one of the biggest ones being money. Um, mm. And imaging, like, is frequently the most costly, like, thing for a patient. Like, if they go in and they have to get an MRI or a CT, that can be very, very expensive for them. And so I think it's interesting how we're seeing slowly um, some costs starting to get cut because part of it is how long the radiologists take to read it um, and their reading of it. And so if you can get, um, you know, an AI project involved that helps radiologists, you know, do more and read more within an hour, um, cause it's not just the AI reading the whole thing. It's just them helping classify it really for the radiologists. So if you can do that, theoretically, you cut the cost down to the patient, um, ideally, cause it takes the radiologist less time. So just cool stuff like that. What would you do, Keisha? Um, you know, this was a class that I took like literally my last semester of college and it was intro to graphic design and I really liked it like you chill in front of a computer and like make logos for people and um, we actually had a project wherever we had to like um, work with someone who was in a business course and so we had to like develop mocks for like their company and their program and I like actually did really well and I think it was the first time that I had ever felt like creative or realized that I could be a creative because I don't know I feel like when you're a nerd in science like it's not really creativity as much as it's like numbers and stuff so um, it's not like I could draw or anything but like the digital side of it is actually really cool because you don't have to have like a particular talent of drawing Um, and it's actually really mathematical too so I think that if I was ever going to do anything I would do that and I realized halfway through like man I actually probably could have done this as a major but you know I was graduating two months later it's like too late I'm already like I've already made my decision I'm done so but yeah I think that's what I would do I think it'd be really cool to like work independently and like have commissions and stuff like that and work at home like that would be just so much fun so yeah I think that's what I would do. So I think in a, a previous episode, I talked about that I like to write. So oh, the oh, right. mm-hmm. probably would be something in that, but I don't like to share my own writing. So <laughs> when are we <laughs> having the book read? We are never yeah. having the book oh, read. <laughs> We're having Kyle do the book read, actually. Oh. He's going to be the voice for the book read. Yes, he's going to, you know, narrate a <laughs> South Asian girl. <laughs> How about if we hit 300 listens, Kyle gets to read your book? No. Uh, Kyle gets to read one page that you picked yeah, out one of your page. book. How about that? No. Oh, I would intentionally write. No, actually, you know what? I'd intentionally write a fake page because Kyle doesn't listen to this. So <laughs> I would write a fake page and just see how uncomfortable he'd get reading it out loud. Mm. Like oh. intentionally make it uncomfortable for him. That's awesome. Uh, if I wasn't a... I mean, I probably wouldn't publish my work, so then maybe, like, a teacher. You have to make mm. uh, Kyle read a... You have to write a tangled fan fiction uh, <laughs> from the, that oh. Kyle has to read off as, uh, what's oh. his name? Oh, Flynn, Flynn, Flynn Rider. Rider. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Wrong? So, in the college I went to, there was, like, mainly two career paths people went into. They, were, they first all started pre-med. 
And then half of them said, screw it, I'm going to go become a consultant. The smart ones, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then half of them went to med school. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I feel like both sides are like in this constant jealousy of each other. Because mm. like the consultant makes a ton of money right out of college. Like you can make like between 60 to 80, 90,000 dollars. Sorry, what do you mean consultant? I don't know. Like, you know, like consulting in general. Like you work for a firm and they kind of contract you out to other businesses to s- serve as kind of like mercenaries in a weird way. Like, for, like, mercenaries. What, for like what, what service though? Like what? So they're, you said they're I mean, pre-med, like, so they're like bio majors, right? Yeah, or engineering. But honestly, consulting is just kind of this large conglomerate of like people. And you can consult on like healthcare. So like they'll send a few people over to like a healthcare company and you'll help them work mm-hmm. on their projects. Or you can send them to like a different part of industry, maybe like some kind of tech field and they'll help out with that. So yeah. hmm. And there's like, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. like my mom works as a consultant for like research studies so she used to be like a research nurse like coordinator for like actual drug studies and now she goes to like different hospital and consults like and helps them like get, get people in their study and stuff like that so okay. and she does make good yeah, and even like doctors some doctors don't even go to residency like they just become consultants right out of medical school hmm. yeah yeah you can like, work for big pharma and become a consultant google that <laughs> Yeah, that's a fair, but um, the, the point I was kind of getting to is the consultants make a lot of money, so they're living up life, like, okay, so if you compare my brother to me, I, when he was 24, and he was a consultant, um, he bought his own car, he was going to foreign countries and traveling, I haven't been to a foreign country in like years, and he was, he was just living life, doing a lot of stuff, and if you compare it to me, like we're, or all of us, we're constantly studying and busy and stuff like that. But on the flip side, I've, I haven't like, but every time I talk to a consultant, they're like, I spent 10 hours on this Excel spreadsheet. It didn't even get used in like the morning presentation. Do not insult the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, queen. or like their boss called them at 2 a.m. to yell about some PowerPoint presentation. You don't mm-hmm. think that happens in residency? No, it happens <laughs> in residency too. But I'm saying it's not like all sunshine and ponies on that side of the industry yeah. either. I think the grass is always greener. And like, sure. you know, it's not always like one side has it the best and the other side doesn't. It's like everyone's kind of going through a very similar situation. Yeah. But on that kind of tangent, I don't know what I would have done. Maybe probably something related to computers or technology and science. Kind of similar to Brooks, maybe. Or maybe consulting, but I don't I don't think I would fit that personality. What about you, Kim? <laughs> I know when I was applying to med school, I like that my thought to myself was like, well, what can I do with my degree if I don't get in? And I was like, I could probably like teach biology in like high school or something. But I have friends who are teachers now, and it sounds miserable. <laughs> so I don't know if I would have been happy as a teacher. Um, but then recently, I <laughs> thought being a dolphin trainer would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But that's not realistic. That's like a in a different world type. Like a parallel universe. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess probably biology teacher. How do you become a dolphin trainer? You have to like intern. You train dolphins. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you don't make any money, and a lot of people want to do it, but no one really actually does it. Or you're like an mm. unpaid intern, so it's not a realistic like option. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, we'll or also, like, travel in a van and, like, get Instagram famous and then yeah, get sponsored I, to, I, like, post about things. I <laughs> that would be cool. totally up your alley. I kind of want to live in a van. I, like, that lifestyle's appealing. Yeah. All right, so we're going to send Kim's application to The Bachelor. No. <laughs> Never mind the fact that she's seeing someone, yeah. but she can do this influencer lifestyle. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, you could become an influencer as a doctor. Like, that's what no, half the doctors so are doing. No, that's cringy. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, though. I guess we're on a med pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but med pod is different. Yeah, we don't have to get into it. What, I don't know. What level did you want to teach, if you want to teach? Like, high school general biology. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's honestly the best You would be a really teach. good, like, chill bio teacher. You'd be the one that everyone likes for I'd be like... <laughs> Like, I don't know. My my Okin professor in college gave extra credit for writing haikus on your test. And so I would be like that teacher. I'd be like, you want an A? I'll give you an A. Just do something random. Like, write me a haiku. <laughs> See, that's why you would be cool. You'd be the teacher that, like, flips their chair around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fellow kids. No, but teach, all, every teacher I know right now is deeply unhappy. So. Oh, yeah. So I'm it's like, so actually, bad, that know. probably. I don't know. I think there's so many other jobs out there. It's easy to complain in medicine, yeah. but like teachers not many people have the luxury of, like, choosing a career that you know, fulfills them in a lot of ways. A lot of people yeah. have to do yeah. work that mm-hmm. they don't even get the chance to, like, try for something, like, yeah. so. And sometimes when I, like, get in my head about, like, the comparing game of, like, oh, you should have, you should have. But then I think about, like, like 18-year-old, 19-year-old Keisha that was so, like, dead set on coming here. And, like, this was, like, you know, like, such a huge dream of ours. And it's such a big dream of, like, so many other people to be here. So sometimes I think about that. So I like reaffirm that like you wanted to be here so bad and you're here and like wishing to be anywhere else, you know, so, but it can get like that whenever you're up at godforsaken hours studying the Krebs cycle, for example, (laughs) it really does get like that. So kind of driving the topic back to the original one, (laughs) do you think we're all pretty clueless here based on what our discussion has been today but do you think it's better to come in and know exactly what you want to do or to be open-minded i don't think it really matters because i mean even if you're dead set well i guess if you're dead set to the point that you wouldn't consider something even if you weren't enjoying it when you're on your rotation that's bad but like ultimately i think you'll just kind of either like it or you won't and you'll just know yeah like i think as long as you're not stubborn like, yeah. I don't know if I would say I was dead set, but I thought I had a good idea that I wanted to do orthopedics. And then, like, week three, I was like, no, I do not want to do orthopedics. <laughs> so I was like, I wasn't, like, I didn't come in and I was, like, super open. Like, oh, yeah, I could do anything. But, I like, I had that in mind, but I wasn't, like, married to the idea. So I think as long as not, like, like as long as you don't ignore signs about what you want to do. And whether that's really what you want to do or something else, then I, I think either is fine. I do think that knowing if you might be interested in something competitive or not early on is important, especially mm-hmm. with step one going past fail now. You might have to start, like, turning out research papers as an M1 or something. But then, like, still giving yourself permission to change your mind later. Yeah. I would say I think it doesn't matter if you have your mindset or not, but I think as long as you don't, like, force something because of, like... 
I don't know. You really want it to be Durham and you want to do Durham and all like, like you're, but you're forcing it. Like it's not something you really want to do. You just want to do it because it looks good or you think it's going to like make you money. As long as you don't have that in mind while you're going through, I think that you should be fine. Cause I think a lot of people do stuff cause I mean, just like the stereotype of like ortho bros and like, you know what I mean? Like people want a certain kind of like um, esteem that comes with certain kind of specialties. And I think that's definitely the wrong way to go. So as long as you're not doing that, because at the end of the day, you're the one waking up at four in the morning, it has to go. So if you hate it, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, no that's one's giving on you a you. prize for like doing your job. Right. Like, that's your job. That's- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like my opinion is that I think it's just better to come in open minded because the minute you start being like, I want to do derm, for example, and I only want to do derm, you're, like, restricting yourself of the possibilities that, like, medicine has to offer. Like, kind of how you were saying, like, you thought you would never want to do OB-GYN, but now doing your rotation, you have, like, opened up to the idea more. Whether you do it or not, that's, like, beside the point, but you appreciate it more. And I feel like if you become so, like, dead set on, like, wanting to do orthopedic surgery or wanting to do derm or whatever it is that you want to do and you don't let yourself be open to other opportunities you find you might find yourself being like disappointed and really lost when fourth year comes around and we all have to apply to ERAS. so yeah mm-hmm. or become a medical consultant <laughs> <laughs> so what factors have led to we kind of have touched on this already but what factors have led you to making your decision as to what you want to do or what you don't want to do i don't think we've touched on this yet but like while you kind of talked about it a little bit like finding your people i think that's really important figuring out like what is your personality and what other people's personality that you like to work with or not work with is important and not that everybody in a certain specialty is going to be a certain way and it definitely varies from hospital to hospital but I think when you're on a team you really want to like at least know that you can go to people on that team and that you're comfortable with them and you can be open and honest with them because I feel like that would just make the process go a lot smoother so I think just figuring out the kind of people you like working with and the kind of people you don't like working with I think is important. For me, it's been a lot of figuring out what I don't like and then eliminate. So, like, I hate rounding, which unfortunately is a lot of medicine, but I also don't like standing for long periods of time, which is surgery. So that leaves radiology and anesthesia. (laughs) So I'm currently thinking anesthesia. Um, Come over to the dark side. Yeah, but but it's like realizing what I don't want to spend a lot of my day doing allowed me to consider that, which I had never considered anesthesia before, and now actually think I might like it and I've shadowed in it so I guess like figure out what you absolutely hate and then like see what's left Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if that's like great advice but that's kind of how it worked for me I was like I can't imagine rounding for four hours a day or standing four hours straight in the OR the anesthesiologists are sitting down they get relieved for lunch they don't round they write very minimal notes insurance won't deny you because you push the drug while they're asleep (laughs) and no, when I was shadowing, the doctor was, like, complaining that she was still there at 5, so it was a long day for her, and I was like, that's an early day for me. <laughs> so, sold me pretty quick. Personally, I think learning, like, I'm starting to learn to temper my um, 
Expectations? Well, that too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, uh, kind of tempering what I like and I don't like when I'm out there. I'm kind of bad. I'll, like, split stuff really easily. Like, like uh, if I... Like, if I just have a slight inconvenience like I'll really um I'll say that something like oh this is horrible or if I like something a little bit I'll be like oh this is fantastic so I think just learning to temper that because like no matter what you do there's going to be some stuff that you like and dislike about it and so I think as long as like I'm trying to I did what Kim did I'm like I I feel like what a lot of people do where you wind up at the end of second year or start a third year and you're like oh, I actually hate everything. Like, what am I going to do? I don't like any of these in particular. So you're like, you have to kind of go back to the drawing board and you're like, okay, I disliked that about this specialty, but, you know, maybe that's not a deal breaker for me. Maybe that was just something I didn't have a lot of exposure to. So I don't know, just learning to temper like likes and dislikes, I think. I think what I realized is like specialties aren't just this like, one it's i don't know how to describe it it's just not like one fixed thing there's so many there's so much flexibility with stuff Mm -hmm. and there's so many different parts of the practice that you can do like if you want to be in like surgery and still have a good lifestyle you can tailor your practice to do that it's not always like if you go into this specialty it means like your life is going to be like terrible or if you go into this specialty your life's going to be amazing you're going to get paid a ton of money so I think with that in mind, I've tried to go into rotations like with an open mind and see um, kind of what I align with. And I think like I think rotations do give you a good um, kind of exposure to that. But I'll, at the same time, I feel like it's so hard to get the full scope of a practice in just like a few weeks, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. you're now making this life decision and how much information is enough to make that right. Amber, what factors have led you to making your decision? I think the biggest thing for me is that eventually I want to work to live. Like, I don't want to be on call when I'm 50 years old. Like, I want a predictable schedule. I don't want to be waking up at night. And so, like, I want to make sure that especially I pick at 26 is going to be able to suit me at 56. So that's kind of, like, my biggest thing that I was thinking of. Um... I still don't know what I want to do, but I think I kind of know what it looks like. I really enjoy critical thinking through problems, and I like using my hands, but I don't want my patients to be on general anesthesia um, (laughs) to do it, to do procedures, and so it's just kind of finding a mix of critical thinking and a little bit of using your hands, and uh, so stay tuned. I really don't know, but that's my thought process as of now. So that wraps up our episode. Thank you all for listening in. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MDWannabes. And be sure to tune in next time for the latest episode. Bye. Bye. Tune in next time uh, with a different topic and all of us. See you later. Bye. And how do we follow us? <laughs> if there are We're already to the conclusion, Rob. Um, <laughs> Make sure you follow us. Bye. I'm just going to redo all of it. <laughs>